Hey everyone, we are here and thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio. I'll tell you what, we get a topic today. It's so important, it actually affects, think about this now, every person, every relationship that ever lived. I'd say that makes it important. And we're going to see what Jesus had to say about it. You know, Jesus said many important things, and sometimes he told a story to get his point across. Those stories, you know what we call them, parables. He taught parables. For instance, he wanted to teach about comparison or compassion. So he taught the parable of the Good Samaritan. He wanted to teach about hard work. Told the parable of the talents. He wanted to teach people how to listen properly and prepare their hearts. Told the parable of the sower. And he taught many other shorter parables as well about the kingdom of God, the mustard seed, treasure hidden in the field, leaven in dough. But today, we're going to take a look at one of those parables that when we get there, you may recognize that, hey, I've been there at one time in my life. You might be there right now. You'll certainly be there in the future. And you know what Jesus is going to tell a story about? Forgiveness. Oh, we need to learn about forgiveness, don't we? We certainly do, because we're human, and we're flawed, and we have a great need for it. Receiving and the giving. And this topic is so important. Jesus told a story about it, and we need to take it very seriously. Matter of fact, Jesus even said, this is what his home is like. He's like, like, this is what it's like where I live, okay? And we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 18. And here's what he said in verse 23. He said, for this reason, the kingdom of of heaven. There it is. That's where Jesus lives, the kingdom of heaven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Now, why would Jesus tell a story like this? This is why. He wanted to answer Peter's question or Peter's remark. Peter asked the question, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me. And then Jesus tells a story for that reason. See, the ancient Jews taught, he who begs forgiveness from his neighbor must not do it more than three times. Peter said, oh, I'll go beyond that. I'll go seven. I'll forgive seven times. So Jesus tells a story. And he said in verse 24, that, speaking of the king, When he had begun to settle with them, one slave owed him 10,000 talents, and it was brought to him. And let's say a talent is a hundred pounds of silver. So 10,000 talents would be a million pounds of silver. Okay, that's a pretty big debt. And Jesus is purposely using hyperbole. In other words, an exaggerated debt. Okay? And verse 25, but since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him, "Uh uh-oh, 
to be sold, what, along with his wife and his children and all that he had, and repayment to be made? Wow, the whole family is going in the clink. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him. And he said, have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. Now, this was most likely an unreasonable statement, right? How's he going to pay him a hundred pounds, a million pounds of silver? Kind of unreasonable. Now, let's put this in the category of things that are the most difficult to forgive. We could call them things that challenge our faith. You know, there are things that God wants us to forgive, and they're very challenging to our faith. They're very difficult. They're very hard. Some things are hard to forgive. And we would even say impossible. We would. We would say that's impossible to forgive that thing what that person did. But you know what? With God, all things are possible. We have to remember that. So perhaps the Lord of that slave, he realized this, that this guy could not pay me back a million pounds of silver. But you know what it says? His compassion outweighed the debt. I like that. His compassion outweighed the debt. Remember, Jesus is talking about heaven now. So in verse 27, the Lord of that slave, he felt compassion, and he released him and forgave the debt. I'll tell you what, forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is freedom. It's freedom to both parties, the one that's giving the forgiveness and also the one that's receiving the forgiveness. Because if you don't give forgiveness, as you're going to see at the end of the message, you become a prisoner yourself. That's why forgiveness is so powerful. It can really make a difference in a person's thinking, as we will see. But, oh, oh wait a minute. Look what's going on, verse 28. But that slave, the one who was just forgiven, a million pounds of debt, and it said, verse 28, and Jesus says, but that slave, but shows us that this guy didn't get the message. He didn't understand what his Lord did for him because he's going to operate totally contrary. He missed the whole point of what was done for him. So this guy, he went out and he found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii is a day's wage. In those days, it was probably a penny. So a hundred denarii would be a hundred days' wages, which would equal to us a dollar. Right? A hundred pennies and a dollar. This guy owed him a dollar. And you know what he did? He seized him, and he began to choke him. Choked him over a dollar. And he said, pay back what you owe me. Now, this is a petty debt in comparison, wouldn't you say? How petty? So, same scenario. This fellow that owed a dollar, he asked for time to repay. His fellow slave, he fell to the ground, and he began to plead with him, saying, Oh, have patience with me, 
and I will repay you. Now, this request was more realistic than the first one. It's realistic. He could probably work hard and pay back that dollar. But the hundred million pounds of silver ain't happening. (laughs) Not happening. But you know what happened in verse 30? This guy, he was unwilling. And he went. He was unwilling to forgive the debt. And he went and he threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. Huh. The guy who was forgiven the big debt refused to forgive the guy who owed the little debt. You know how we treat people gets around? And it got around what this guy did. Verse 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, oh, they were deeply grieved. They're like, what's wrong with this guy? He was forgiven a great debt, and this guy owes him a little debt, and he's doing nothing. He can't forgive him. They were grieved. And you know what they did? They came and reported to the Lord all that had happened. They went and told him, they said, you know how you forgave that guy? Yeah, well, he, this guy had a little debt owed him. He didn't forgive me through my prison. Well, verse 32, the king summoned him. And he said to him, you wicked slave. Wow, think about it. Unforgiveness is wickedness. Receiving forgiveness and not giving it is wickedness. How often do we think of that? Sometimes we think of wickedness as, you know, drunkenness and adultery and abusing people. But how about receiving forgiveness but not giving forgiveness? That's wickedness. And that's why he called him, you wicked slave. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. You begged me. You asked me for mercy, and I gave it to you. So his Lord had expected expectations of him. He expected him to treat others the same way. See, being forgiven brings two things. Number one, expectations from God. And number two, the duty to forgive others. Think about that. When we're forgiven, God expects us to forgive others. And when we're forgiven, we have a duty to forgive other people. So the Lord of them said, Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave the same way I had mercy on you? I'm, I'm like, I would say, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry. My bad. You're right. I should have done that. Let me go find that guy and let me, let me forgive him. But no, he didn't. So now his Lord, he's moved again. The first time he was moved with compassion. Now he's moved with anger. Oh, yeah. Emotions can really take over. So his Lord was moved with anger and he handed him over to the torturers. Wow. Until he should repay all that was owed him. I'm like, if you're getting tortured every day, how are you going to make money? (laughs) How are you going to pay back a debt if you're being tortured? I don't think he's going to make much money. So we can draw three lessons from this parable. Number one, a person must forgive when you're forgiven. If you're forgiven, and we're going to bring it up to date with us and our forgiveness from God, then we have a duty to forgive. I like what William Barclay said. 
A man who will not forgive his fellow man cannot hope that God will forgive him. Think about that. Jesus said in Matthew 5-7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed that inner joy. You have inner joy when you show mercy. See, something happens on the inside. You know what happens? There's a release. There's a release of that burden, of that pressure, of that agony. That's why Hebrews says, listen, be careful that a root of bitterness does not spring up inside of you, and by it, many are defiled. When we become bitter through unforgiveness, it affects everybody around us. Who wants to be around a bitter person? I don't. They spoil the whole party. They spoil the whole dinner. Nothing good comes out of their mouth. It's all negative and complaining, and they even look like they got hit with the ugly stick. Because when you're bitter, you're not good looking. You're mean looking. And you're no fun to be around. That's why, blessed, that inner joy of the merciful. And they will, they will obtain mercy. They'll get mercy back. You give mercy, you get mercy. I equate that to what Solomon said when he said, cast your bread upon the water and after many days it will return to you. You know what that means to me? You reap what you sow. If you throw out forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness. If you throw out love, you'll get love. If you throw out help, you'll get help. Whatever you need, you put it out there, and it will come back to you. We do reap what we sow, okay? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, you know what he said. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow. Think about that. Do you really want to risk a relationship with God because of a narrow-mindedness or inability to forgive? I know there's some big things out there that are hard to forgive. They are. You know, murder is hard to forgive. Rape is hard to forgive. Let's face it. Grand larceny, hard to forgive. But let's remember this. With God, all things are possible. Look at what Jesus forgave. He's hanging on the cross, bleeding from his head, his hands, his feet, his back. Surrounded by abusers and mockers. People that don't care about him. People that hate him. People that made sport of him. And he was still still able to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing forgive them. See, that's the heart of Christ. And as we grow up spiritually, growing up means becoming Christ-like. And we develop His heart within us. And we, we get to a point in life where we can say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing either. And that's the place that we're growing up into. The Apostle James wrote, For judgment is without mercy to one who shows no mercy. James 2.13 So if we don't show mercy, 
we will receive judgment without mercy. Wow, again, we reap what we sow. Cast your bread upon the water. After many days, it will return. That's the first lesson. The second lesson we learn is the contrast between the two debts. One man's debt could be carried in his pocket. A hundred pennies. The other man's debt would take about 250 Ford F-150 pickup trucks holding two tons each to carry all that silver. Wow. That's a lot of weight. And then thirdly, everyone is in need of forgiveness. All people. We're all born in need of forgiveness. We have a sin nature. And that nature drives us to sin. That nature makes us say things and think things and do things that are anti-God. And we need forgiveness, and God is more than willing to give us the forgiveness. We've all sinned against God, and we all owe a great debt of gratitude to Him for the forgiveness that He gave us through His Son. See, forgiveness is there for anybody, here it comes, who desires it. And this should inspire us to forgive others who have sinned against us. Again, I'm not saying this is an easy thing. It depends on the depth of the sin. But it's not impossible. Some of the most difficult things in life to do are the best things that we can do. They're very challenging. They're very difficult. But they're the best things. And, you know, don't think, well, if I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook. No, you're not. If you forgive them, you're letting yourself off the hook of bitterness. And if you forgive them, you're acting like Christ and you're showing mercy. It doesn't mean what they did isn't valid, isn't real. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean our shucks don't worry about it. You might have wounds and bruises from it. But the the worst wounds and bruises would be on the soul. And that's where we don't want bitterness to rise up. So, let me remind you of verse 34. His Lord moved with anger. He was angry. Because he expected him to forgive the guy that owed him the smaller debt. There was an expectation there. So he handed him over to the torturers. Wow, now he's not going to make any money. He's going to be tortured every day. Until he should repay all that was owed him. And what is a torturer? A torturer is a tormentor, one who torments. Have you ever been tormented or are you being tormented now by the mention of someone's name? If someone brings up a person's name to you, does that anger you? Does it make you bitter and angry? If it does, you've been handed over to the tormentors. You're tormenting yourself because you haven't forgiven. Yes, in the past, they hurt you in some way, and you still feel the wounds. You might feel the wounds the rest of your life. We do that, don't we? You know, a wound, a scar, 
is with you your whole life. I have, I have a few scars. I have one on my thumb, one on my leg. It's with me my whole life. It's not going away. And you might have a scar or two yourself. But that doesn't mean we have to become bitter about those scars. Okay? In verse 35, Jesus said, here's the hope. My Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. So listen, God will turn you over to tormentors if you don't forgive, and he'll give you mercy if you give mercy. I say, don't add more pain to your wounds. Better to forgive. Don't have a heart of unforgiveness and then add bitterness to it. That just keeps you in prison. You don't want to live life in prison. You want to get out of prison. You say, I can't forgive, it's so hard. This is where we need to walk with the Lord Jesus every day. Every moment of every day. Get his word into our heart. Let his word become the controlling factor of our lives. Yield to the Holy Spirit. You know, he's the power of the Christian life. It's through the Holy Spirit of God that we can do these supernatural things. We cannot do them in the flesh, but we can do them supernaturally. We can do them in the Spirit. That's why we have the indwelling Spirit. He's the energy, the power, the dunamis that allows us to do these things. So don't put yourself in prison where the tormentors are, where you torment yourself because you'll be tormented by your very own person. It's like somebody whipping themselves. You don't want to do that. Who wants to whip themselves? No. You want to set yourself free. The key to get out of the prison is forgiveness. And the practice of giving forgiveness is certainly a path to spiritual growth. See, it's it's one of those Christian distinctives that we practice. You practice with the little things. You practice with the guy that, hey, cut you off on the highway. You practice with your friend that said they were going to call you, and then they didn't. You practice with somebody that said they were going to do something for you, and they forgot. And all those little things. You practice forgiving. And then you work your way up to the bigger things. And they will get bigger and bigger. But as you get good at forgiving the small things, and you master that, when the big things come into our life that we have to forgive, we've got momentum. And little by little, you know, it's like lifting weights. You know, you start off with 10 pounds. After a while, you bump it up to 20. Then you bump it up to 30 and 40. And before you know it, 50, 60 pounds. But you didn't start off with the big one. You started off small, and you worked your way up. And forgiveness is like that. If you have a hard time forgiving, start with the small ones, the little things, and get good at it. Be a good forgiver. And then when the bigger things come into your life that need to be forgiven, you can work on those. Little by little by little. Yes, it's a difficult thing. It certainly is. But you know what it is? It's a sign that you are becoming like Christ. And that's the goal. The goal of our lives on the earth is to become like the Lord Jesus. 
That's it. It's not to memorize the Bible and have a big fat notebook and, and win arguments and debates about the reality of Christ and was the world created in seven days and all that. No. It's to become like Christ, to become his hands and his feet upon this earth. Like Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So now it's like, if you've seen us, you've seen Christ. And that's the goal, to reveal Christ to the world. And people will read us as people that call, we call ourselves Christ followers, following after Christ, and they'll make a determination what they think of Jesus by what they see in us. And they need to see compassion, loving kindness, forgiveness, helps. They need to see all the wonderful attributes of Christ inside of us. And that will lead them to know Jesus, hopefully, and to see, wow, I had the wrong idea about Christianity. Now I see what it's really like. And it looks very, very appealing. And we have a wonderful opportunity. Think about it. To represent God on this earth. We do. We can represent. Are you kidding me? Represent God? That's what we do. We represent God. And what we want to do is give a good representation. Oh, yeah, we do. Because people's, you know, their salvation can be at stake as well. What they think of God is determined by what they think of those that follow after God. They say they're followers of God. Well, They'll determine what they think of him by what they see in us. It's quite a thing. So what an awesome responsibility we have. And it's a privilege that we've been chosen by God, that we can represent him. And one of the best ways we can do it is through the act of forgiveness. I want to remind you, this Sunday here at New Hope, October 15th, we're going to start a brand new series. I can't wait. It's called The Story of Us. Who are we? Why are we here? We're going to start off in eternity past. And we're going to work our way all the way through to the new creation, the new world. Wow. Can't wait. 17 weeks. You can join us. And we have a book that you can follow along. Get it quickly on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and look for the book, The Story of Us, Dave Therrien. And I'll also have all the notes on our website as well, newhopecc.tv. You can get them there also. Okay? But don't miss it. You can join in. You can watch our service if you can't get to church. 10 o'clock, Sunday mornings, newhopecc.tv, YouTube, and Facebook. We'll be there with the story of us. Don't miss it. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.